This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. This week on the Indo-Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me. And she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tonished Michael Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Live. Well, it's a day like no other in the history of Irish rugby and Irish sport. To the list that only had a select four teams on it, South Africa in 1937, the British and Irish Lions in 1971, Australia in 1986, France in 1994. You can add Ireland after they won a test series in New Zealand. Andy Farrell's team have beaten the All Blacks for the second week in a row. They won 32 points to 22 in Wellington to beat the All Blacks 2-1 overall and win the test series in New Zealand. Well, to go through this incredible achievement, I'm joined by the Irish Independent Rugby correspondent Rory O'Connor and also Keen Tracy, who's in the cake tin in Wellington. Uh, Keen, we spoke about last weekend's first win uh, being historic, but this has just taken it to another whole new level. Yeah, this time last week, Sinead, I was speaking to yourself and Rod from Dunedin and describing the scenes and they were obviously unbelievable to get the first test win. But now I'm sitting here in Wellington and the scenes are like, you know, double what they were last last week. It's absolutely incredible. The Irish players have just walked around, done a, done a lap of honour. James Lowe is over here in front of me now. I think he's coming over to some of his family members. And yeah, it's just truly, truly incredible. Um, I mean, even from earlier on today in the city of of all the kind of games, I felt like today had a, the, the, probably the most kind of proper uh, atmosphere to it. I think that was partly because the pressure that the All Blacks were under. But there was far more Irish fans here than there were, I would say, at Eden Park or Dunedin last weekend. And my God, they made their presence felt um, even the rendition of Ireland's call when the team came out they're all still they're all still here inside in the stadium the players have just done a lap of honour like I said and yeah like you know for stages of that second half you were kind of worried that the All Blacks might kind of you know complete what would have been a kind of a classic trademark um, comeback and if they had it would have been a travesty because this was an exceptional Ireland performance. The All Blacks are always going to have a purple patch and it's just about if you can ride that storm. And at times in the second half, you were kind of worried, particularly when they got it back to a three-point game. But I thought the opening 40 minutes is as good as I've seen an Ireland team. I just thought it was ruthless. It was clinical. It was efficient. Whatever words you want to use to describe it, it was absolutely incredible. And you think that this is at the end of a mammoth season for all these players and like Josh van der Fleer was still making tackles in the 79th minute I mean I just don't know where they get the energy from but it was just an absolute like I said last weekend an absolute honour and a privilege to to be here and having seen Ireland win a series which it, this might never happen again given the way the rugby calendar is going to be more aligned so it's just absolutely incredible James Lowe is 
currently in the crowd now and the fields of Athen Roy are being sang it's just yeah it's remarkable absolutely remarkable Sinead Oh, it certainly is. It feels like, Rory, that there's just not enough superlatives to describe this achievement. But can you do that? Where does this, that achievement, that performance rank in the history of Irish rugby? It's right up there. And I think in, in the coming days, we'll digest whether it beats a Grand Slam or not. But I think it fits into that, that conversation. Obviously, nothing Ireland have ever achieved at the World Cup comes close. You know, really, it's, it's this, you know, it's a, it's a greater series win than any of Ireland's series win. So you're talking Grand Slams. And you know, the performance in 2018 in Twickenham away from home against England was, was pretty complete. And I, I think it's close enough to that. The 2019, when you think about where Ireland have come from, you know, I'm not sure. It's, it's, it's probably too soon to really digest that. But it's in the conversation right with those. And it's the way they delivered it, as Keane said. The first 40 minutes of utterly dominant rugby, followed by 40 minutes of survival. But it was, it, it was survival with a purpose. You know, they weren't just hanging on. Pike Byrne, I've never... <laughs> one of Incredible. the best second-half performances by any Irish player of all time. I mean, to win three turnovers plus four, so a knock-on with a counter-ruck, insane. Like, the, 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 the levels that he went to today for a player who we all know was, you know, basically cast off by Leinster in his early 20s. Nearly could have played for Wales if things had gone a different way. And here he is making plays against the All Blacks, making history. You know, the, the control that the team showed at certain periods, the fact that they finished on the front foot, Joey Carberry making an intercept, all of these things feed into just a special, special day and a special piece of history for Irish rugby. And, you know, we, 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 we can list out all of the different pieces of history they've broken, you know, that over the last 22 years. But this caps it with one more thing to go, and that's next year in France. But, like, the World Cup can wait today, I think. You know, today is all about that team and what they've achieved over the course of not just this 80 minutes, over the course of 240 minutes, because they've even come from a hammering to win it. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, he does it with such, such nonchalance as well at Tyburn when he does those t- turnovers, doesn't he, Keane? I mean, we saw, you know, the smiles of Johnny Sexton at the end, the tears of Peter O'Mahony as well. It just goes to show how much it means to them. But what in particular stood out for you, Keane, about this performance being in the cake tin there? The, the, the first thing is the skill level, I think, of the Ireland players. Like, it was almost an All Blacks-esque performance, I would say. Like, the attack was just so, so good. The tries that Ireland scored in the first half. And like I said, it's, it's inevitable that the All Blacks are going to have a purple patch. But I thought, you know, they got in for a couple of soft scores. Andrew Porter on another day might have might have had a red card the crowd here. Certainly thought he should have been sent off. But Ireland were gutsy as well as determined. And this isn't kind of like one of those kind of plucky victories where they dug it out. They... They dug it out when they needed to, but for the most part, they were far, far better. And, you know, it's just interesting hearing Rod there talk about, you know, kind of the great victories over the years. And I think this, you know, this is the kind of game I think that historically Ireland would have let slip from their grasp. I think the mental fortitude that they showed, and it's something Anthony Farrell has spoken about regularly, the work that they've done with Gary Keegan since he's come in. We all know about the yeah the, the 2019 World Cup and the performance anxiety that was mentioned and whatever that means. But this was the total opposite, particularly when it gets back to a three-point game. That is when Ireland have folded in the past. But for them not just to kind of hang in, they actually go down the other end of the pitch and they score another try to Rob Herring. It was just, it, to me, like going forward, this is going to do, obviously it's going to do absolute wonders, but for the actual confidence and the, the mental toughness, um. It's just remarkable. And, you know, like it's been an unbelievable three and a half weeks, four weeks, whatever it is that I've been over here. And obviously, like we're speaking to the players every second day and Andy Farrell every second day because of the two Maori games. He's done a lot of media and like, and I think I made this point last week's podcast. Sometimes you can be guilty of like buying in to their you know how they're feeling and how they're speaking and then they come out and they don't deliver. But even after the first test defeat to Eden Park, 
they never panicked. They never didn't believe. They they were gutted because they didn't feel like the scoreline in that first te- first test reflected how close and how you know how close this rivalry is. And they showed that last week. And it would have been so easy to you know not back it up again tonight because you've you've ticked that box. You've got the win in New Zealand that you know for so long you've been wait, you've been waiting for. Um, and to back it up again tonight by going on and winning the series is just. It's just, yeah, it's a unique piece of history. I'm just watching a couple more. The Ireland players are coming out here now. Josh van der Fleer, Andrew Porter. I, I reckon their families must be in the crowd. And like, what a what a proud moment for the families and for, like for any supporter who's paid like a lot of money to come over here and see this. The, the amount of dark days that Ireland have suffered in New Zealand, and suddenly they're all washed away. This is only the fourth time that New Zealand have lost a series. On, on home soil it's it's truly remarkable stuff and like I said the ramifications are going to be I would say pretty serious for this coaching staff but that's none of Ireland's concern whatsoever um, the rivalry is well and truly alive and you know Ireland could meet the All Blacks again in the quarterfinal next year so you know what now that they've won the series here it'll just do wonders I think for the confidence and the mental toughness of them Good stuff Do you have to go Keen there? Yeah I have to go here lads okay. um, Enjoy the night Yes, I will chat to you later. Plenty more coverage coming up on independent.e. Nice one. Thanks, Keen. Yeah, uh, Rory, uh, Keen mentioned Andy Farrell there. I mean, this was a coaching masterclass. We saw from, from all the coaches, he mentioned Gary Keegan. Uh, he mentioned, you know, there's Paul O'Connell. I mean, line up malls, how successful they were today. I mean, he had the New Zealand management team in their pocket. Yeah, they're a much better series. They they learned like that. If you think about that first test and, and the chat we probably had on how even how I remember being quite struck by how um, negative Keane had, was about the performance being there. I was a bit more positive about it, but he'd been in the stadium, felt the way the game had gotten away from Ireland. That, in that 28, sorry, that 20 minutes when New Zealand scored 28 points before half time, and um, they were feeding, New Zealand were feeding off Ireland's errors and they were creating very little of their own, but you felt that New Zealand would grow into the series, but they didn't. They didn't learn from any of their mistakes. The, the Irish Mall got better over the course of the series. The Irish defensive lineout got better over the course of the series. The Irish defence got better over the course of the series. Although the second half was probably a bit of a black spot there, but New Zealand have incredible uh, individuals and they rely on them. Um, Ireland's attack was magnificent. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm working with Dan Levy on his column in, in the Indo at the moment, and, and he kind of laid it out really well about how Ireland have developed that attack. They've taken, you know, what the Crusaders do at Leinster, and then, and then Ireland taking what Leinster have taken from the Crusaders. And they've built something really special with it because, you know, when Joe Schmidt's team were, were winning all the time, I was one of the people who could be quite critical of the style of play because I felt there was more in these players. And Andy Farrell and my cat, plus Stuart Lancaster and Leinster, because it's built on the, on his his good work there, and Felipe Contemontui, have created something that you can really get behind because if, when it flows, it's, it's, it's beautiful to watch. You know, it's just... Stunning rugby, and they get on. I think it was what, what the way Dan phrased it was: you, you you get on top of teams, you play through teams, and and you're you're basically the, the the team can't. It's like a dam bursting; they just can't stem the flow. The way they they spotted that New Zealand props can't tackle, you know, that's like shocking. But they've they've spotted it. They've done their analysis. They've done their homework. Vinnie Hammond and his team have done their homework. They've relayed that to the team. The team have listened, and over the three tests, they've gotten better and better. New Zealand were making the same mistakes. Alan Quinn made the point on comms. They made the same mistakes today they were making in the second test. Mm-hmm. They didn't seem to adapt. And they are not as well coached as Ireland. They have incredible individuals. I thought Akira Ione, Oani and uh, Will Jordan and Ardi Savea in particular, although I thought he should be allocarded, were, were phenomenal in that second half. But they rely yeah. on the individual brilliance and the razzle-dazzle X factor that they have to stay in and win games. 
and against a systems-based team who have also got the, some individual flair like Ireland, it wasn't enough today. And I think it'll cost Ian Foster his job. As Keane said, I think it's not so, the yeah. Orange, yeah. I, I, Is that the I end think, of him? Well, if you think about it, the next two games are away in South Africa. And while South Africa haven't been any, anything special against Wales, they're, they are a systems-based, pressure-based team. They are the sum of their parts, and they are a monstrous forward pack. And they'll have watched what Ireland did at the Mall today, and they'll be going, we can you know, we can kill this team, you know, we can really, really ram it home. So um, I think Foster's under huge pressure. He's got two, you know, they're two viable candidates. I've, I've heard people say that they don't, you know, they don't change coaches, you know, traditionally, but like their coaches don't lose four games in five. They don't lose three, three in a row to Ireland. Sorry, three out of four to Ireland. You know, they, don't, they haven't lost successive test matches at home since 1989, I think, you know, all the history that's there. So, um, you know, the only downside for Ireland is that potentially in a year's time when they come back from the World Cup, they'll have a new coach and a new setup and they'll be tighter. We saw how dangerous they are in the second half, but the way Ireland weathered that storm was really, really impressive. And, you know, the, the, this team, while I, you know, I voiced my concerns on different platforms over the last few months about different elements of the World Cup preparation, you can't but think that if Ireland can get this 15, this 23 even, onto the pitch for that quarterfinal next year, a semi-final and a final, because it's not about just winning a quarterfinal, it's about winning a tournament. If you're world number one at the end of the year, which Ireland are now, you should be thinking more than quarterfinals. You should be thinking World Cup wins. Then they've got a chance. All the other stuff, you know, the developments, the you know, the depth of 10, the depth of one and three, there's still concerns. But if you can get this 23 out there, you've got a hell of a shot because they're so together and they play for each other. And um, we haven't mentioned Henshaw's defense today. Incredible. Josh van der Fleer across an entire season, his consistency has been unbelievable. Incredible. Peter Romani's renaissance. We've got to remember this guy was dropped in, in after 50 minutes of the first test for the Lions as captain. Uh, what was it, five, six years ago? And he's come back there. You can see why he's like, that's why he's, I presume, why one of the reasons why he's emotional. Like, that was a I was career just thinking low for that, him. Rory, as well. I do think that might have played a part as well. Because that I, was I, like I, heartbreaking for him. I back bumped then. into him midweek um, in Wellington, actually, in a bar in Wellington. Like, you know, he, he wouldn't be that fond of me. I wasn't chatting to him, but I saw him and, and I could see that he wasn't, you know, that, that uh, you know, he was off tour. Like, he'd gone from being a central figure in the tour to being a dirt trekker after 50 minutes, Scotland. It was ruthless. And that was a real low. And it, that must have knocked him. And here he is. Lording, lording it over the New Zealanders. James Ryan and Johnny Sexton, Gary Ringrose, loads of them weren't picked for the Lions last summer. Here they are beating the All Blacks in the three-test series. I mean, there's so many stories, there's so many individual narratives. Yes, they have to go on now and kick on. They can't let this be their peak, as we've discussed before. But even if it is, what a peak, what a thing to achieve. They'll dine out on this forever. Like, they're the Dukes of Wellington forevermore. They'll never have to, you know, the, the, no one can ever take this away from them. And, and for all that we focus in on World Cups and stuff, there are important stops along the way there are things worth stepping back and celebrating and this is one of them this is whatever about last week's once off win which was great this is genuine bona fide a great achievement it is Dukes of Wellington I like it Rory let's just briefly before we go <clears throat> go back on the game you mentioned Josh van der Fleer there I mean that, again another fast start by Ireland uh, over for their first drive to three minutes and they kind of booked that trend as well in this test compared to the two previous tests of capitalising in the second quarter as well didn't they and we had tries from Hugo Keenan and Robbie Henshaw that Henshaw's try was just a stunning treat team try Keen mentioned it that first half performance was as good as you see from an Irish team yeah like Whatever about, again, go back to that Dan Levy column, it's about tiring out the opposition and, and kind of forcing mismatches later in the game. Caelan Doris sailed past Nepo Lalala as if he wasn't there in the first minute of the game. He set the tone, like, you know, New Zealand, were, you know, Aaron Smith was, you know, bawling, crying during the anthem that you could see there was a, the hacker was laced with emotion. You know, you could see that they were really up for it. And Ireland just took the sting out of that. 
within seconds. You know, Doris skips through. I know Bowden Barrett got the intercept, but Ireland, you know, kept their nerve and within four minutes they go over from the corner. And and you know, the mall, Ireland's mall hasn't been worthy of of chat for I can't remember how long. I mean, O'Connell's got a lot right, but that's Take one thing. Take a bow, O'Connell. I know, but it's come good though, Rory. It's come good, and it's one thing they really had to get back. And they scored two tries off it tonight. Rob Herring came on. You know, they book ended their performance with two with two two mall tries, and that supplements the brilliant attack shape that they have. Because in the first game, it was the one thing that worked, and it's supposed to be the hardest thing to do is 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 have your attack humming in that way. And yet here they are off the back in in all three tests. Their attack, their structured attack, not individuals, because you know Will Jordan is capable of doing special things. So it was Ardis de Villa and Akira only scored like he like that was like you got the cheat codes in John Loma rugby, you know, he just brushing guys away, you know, it was it was spectacular stuff. But while Ireland can't do that, they can produce moments of, of, of incredible team quality and you know, throw in Dan Sheehan's footwork, Caelan Doris's ability to just go through spaces, and then Hugo Keenan's decision making, James Lowe, you know, again Andy Farrell back to player who didn't play well last week and he gave him another shot and he delivered in absolute spades, was the night of 50-22 when he should have got one in the first half. Bundyaki, all three of the, the Kiwis who got a bit of stick from you know a betting company down there, and I'm sure we're, we're reminded of the fact that they're from New Zealand along the way. They were all brilliant tonight. All three players recruited by the RFU to play for Ireland, and they're, they're delivered. Every penny that was paid for them has been delivered upon in spades. They've been absolutely sensational. You know, Joey Carberry questioned Luke, criticised him rightly during the week. His defence hasn't been good. He comes on and closes the game out against New Zealand again. So surely he bounces back into Munster next year with a real bit of confidence about him because he's, you know, and... You know, like you could go on, they're all, there's very few bad performances. At the same time, we could be talking about a major choke. It had things kept going. It had Ty Byrne not showed up for the first team, but we, they they stopped it from happening. It wasn't, now they got a bit lucky with the Andrew Porter decision, but they, they stemmed the tide of momentum, which is a really difficult thing to do. And they're great front runners, but we saw today that when the momentum was going against them, they still have the capacity to bring it back in. And that is another uh, string to their bow as they build towards that big show next year. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned there, Rory, like they're not they're going to be the number one ranked team in the world. Of course, we think back to 2018 and there was those fears after that incredible year that this team has peaked uh before in the year before the World Cup. Like, what is your sense? Do you sense this team has peaked, or do you sense this is just all building nicely to next year's World Cup? It's building nicely, but there is that I don't think you can be a a, a keen observer of Irish rugby without having some fears that it could all come un, unstuck last week. I Sorry, next year, you know, like there, and I think maybe it even sounds churlish to be even talking about it now because you know I, I got accused of being negative all the time, and I don't want to be negative today. But you know, I do like the captain will be thirty eight by the time that comes around. We're still not sure what his backup is all about. We're still not sure about the Irish scrum because they got it right against New Zealand over the course of the series, and there's encouragement there. But we've got South Africa coming to town in in, in November. We saw La, La Rochelle did the answer. There are still things that they need to do, but they have time, and that I suppose is a sign that they do have room to peak from here. That they have areas to improve on you would love to see Frawley go back and take ownership of that you know backup spot and even push Sexton this year like Sexton's doing at the end of next season Frawley if he really wants to be the man and he looks like he's capable of it he's got to be looking to, to, to knock Johnny Sexton off his purse next year all of these things have to happen so you know there's no grand slam this year which is a, which is a down on 18 so it's not quite at the same level you know we'll see what November brings you know that back in 18 they beat the All Blacks to the last game of the season and were crowned team of the year the next day and Joe Schmidt was coach of the year and Sexton was player of the year. You know, Irish players will be in the conversation this year, but, you know, I don't think they're as dominant. France are still Europe's best team. Like, New Zealand are not the best team in the world at the moment. South Africa and France are better. Ireland are better. You know, the three there are three better teams in New Zealand now. Ireland are definitively better in New Zealand now. I think we can say that at this moment. 
but we still don't know if they're better than France and South Africa. So that's where there's still room to, to go. So yes, I think there is scope for this team to, to improve. There are fears that they may, things may not never get better than this, that this is the peak for this team. But, you know, it's, it's too early to say, um, I wouldn't go certain predicting Ireland World Cup wins based on this, because I do think there are, you know, there is South Africa in the pool. You could end up playing France in the quarterfinal. They're, you know, that's, they're on a really tough side of the draw. The top four teams in the world are all on the same side of the draw. So that makes life really hard. But again, the achievement lives in its own right. It's, it it, it deserves a bit of time to breathe. So for all of the concerns that I have and, and uh, you know, in the long-term view, and in fact that I feel Farrell may have sacrificed some of those long-term got gains to, to get this team, this achievement, and to build this 15 and 23 into something really special. Now, there are concerns that those things are down the line, but right now, in in, in the moment of the morning that we're we're, we're enjoying, you know, I, I, it's I don't want to get too negative on it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, it's an absolutely incredible achievement, uh, Rory. Thanks for that, and to Keen, of Cheers, course, uh, earlier in uh, in the cake tin. Well, that's it from us on the left wing live. Will and Luke will be here uh, during the week. I think with yourself as well, Rory, to do a more in depth review on this series. Bye for now. This is an Irish independent podcast.